The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son, his elder son, was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back, safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him? And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost 
and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. This weekend, a friend of mine introduced his youngest daughter to the 1987 movie, The Princess Bride. I don't remember when I first saw that film, but one of the memorable lines is delivered by the character Inigo Montoya. After Bazzini exclaims, inconceivable, one too many times. Montoya tells the other man, you keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. The quote came to mind for me when I read today's gospel. Because many Bible translations name this passage the prodigal son. But I confess, prodigal doesn't mean what I thought it meant. I don't remember the first time I heard this story, but I know I always heard the emphasis placed on the return of the wayward son and the way that he comes to himself or returns to his senses and then practices his apology as he makes his way back to his father's house. The problem when we read this story that way is the story's only about a third done when that happens. And as Candler Divinity School professor Tom Long writes, the prodigal son becomes the comeback player of the year. But he isn't called the prodigal son because he comes back. Prodigal means wasteful, extravagant, reckless or excessive. The editors who decided what to title the different Bible stories call him the prodigal son because he wastes his inheritance. I believe the true prodigal in this story is the father. After all, he is the one who in defiance of all cultural norms gives his younger son his share of the inheritance when he asks for it. He is the one who doesn't hesitate to welcome the son back when he returns. In fact, not only does the son, does the father reconcile with him, but he is the one who tells the servants to go and kill the fatted calf, encouraging the whole household to celebrate his return. He loves excessively. The Father delivers the same grace we receive from God, wholly unmerited or unearned, given joyfully and without reservation. And not only to the younger son. When the older brother confronts his father, the father says, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. A rule follower who demonstrated loyalty and responsibility, the older son hasn't experienced any joy from remaining in relationship with his father. 
He has accumulated only resentment that boils over when he witnesses his father's love for the younger son. We hear how his resentment has warped his view of the world when he complains to the father about this son of yours. Although the two are brothers, their common bond has been eaten away by resentment. Franciscan teacher Father Richard Rohr writes in Breathing Underwater, the death of any relationship with anyone is to have a sense of entitlement. Any notion that I deserve, I am owed, I have a right to, or I am higher than you, absolutely undermines any notion of faith, hope, or love. It is what Rohr calls a soul-destructive attitude. The father pleads with the older son to join the party being thrown for this brother of yours. But Luke never tells us how the story ends. Is the family restored? Or does the older son continue to engage in soul-destructive behavior? And how does the younger son respond to the grace he has received? Those questions are left to holy imagination. Our hearing of the biblical story always is affected by our life experiences. So the ending we might picture could be influenced by whether we were younger siblings or older, our relationships with our fathers or father figures, and our own experiences of forgiveness given or withheld. The good news of this gospel is that regardless of where we locate ourselves in the story, each one of us is loved extravagantly and recklessly by our God. Even when we feel entitled to our place in God's family, even when we squander God's generosity, even when we abandon God in good times, only to return when we are desperate and need help. Each one of us is loved extravagantly and recklessly by God, even when we do and say all the right things but keep our hearts closed to joy and the other fruits of the Spirit in our lives, even when we let resentment and evil harden our hearts to our brothers and sisters in Christ, even when we get frustrated or insulted at the foolishness of our prodigal God's grace, we are all loved. And God is waiting to welcome us home as God's children. In a few minutes, we'll share the peace of Christ where, like the Father embracing his Son, we are reconciled to God and to one another. And then at this table in Holy Communion, we will celebrate a foretaste of the feast to come 
enjoying the promise of God's forgiveness for our sin and the ways that God's mercy is made new every day. Let us pray. Merciful God, we give you thanks for the redemptive love that you give us through your Son, Jesus. Forgiven and fed, send us out into the world as ambassadors of your reconciling grace, that everyone would know your love. Amen. <laughs>